You're listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hunter, and this is a place where we talk to people who recognize the Lord's hand in their lives and specifically in their careers. Thank you for joining me on the very first episode of the Faithful Career Moves podcast. Today, I'm talking to a dear friend of mine who went back to school to get her master's degree after being home with her kids for about 16 years. Cami Reschke is a wife and mother of five awesome kids. She's also now a senior consultant of mental health and wellness and the Care Management Institute at Kaiser Permanente. To start off with, I asked Cami to take us back to the moment when she first pressed pause on her career. So I studied social work in college. I think I knew, gosh, I knew in high school, I was one of those lucky people that really knew early on what I wanted to be when I grew up. So um, I knew in high school that I wanted to go into social work. And it just spoke to me, uh, you know, and I learned about the profession. So that's um, kind of the the path I I took. So I got an undergraduate degree in social work, but there's really not much you can do with an undergraduate in social work. Uh, So I knew that really to be able to to do anything, you know, really meaningful or or to have opportunities that I would have to get a master's degree. But, you know, I considered getting a master's degree right right out of my undergraduate, mm-hmm. but I got married pretty young at 21, and you know I got married a couple months before I graduated, mm-hmm. um, and then I just made the conscious choice at that time to wait. You know, like I said, I knew I wanted to do it, but I wanted to do it at the right time. And at that time, I felt like I wanted to support my my husband for through his education and and to start a family. I felt ready to start a family, but I kind of always had in the back of my mind like uh-huh. I'm going to go back when my youngest kid starts school then that's when I'll go back and get my master's degree. And so that was my plan. And I guess I just stuck with it. Yeah, you did. So that's interesting because it was in the back of your mind all along that you were going to do it. It was for me. I mean, you never know where life's going to take you and you you can't know for sure. But I just, I guess I could say, I knew I wanted a career. Like I knew at some point in my life, I wanted to have a career and to do something professionally. Luckily for me, it did work out that way. There was a lot of transitions in our lives right at that time. And um, it worked out that... I could go back. Yeah. So what were the next steps then? What did you do? So I kind of had it in my mind, even a couple of years in preparedness. And so I started to volunteer. I looked for some volunteer opportunities, kind of related at least yeah, to the, yeah. the profession. And, uh, you know, lucky I was living overseas at the time. And, and so there was a lot of great opportunities in international nonprofits that I was, you know, really interested in helping out anyways. And so mm-hmm. there was kind of some preparedness even, you know, yeah. going into that. And I, I also knew that that would help me kind of decide a direction because social work is super broad. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways you can go. And so I knew I also needed to kind of start dabbling to start, mm-hmm. you know, understanding kind of a, a direction that I would want to go. Because um, I had to make some decisions for graduate school too, like which do I want to do clinical social work? Do I want to do more community, macro level social work? So doing the volunteer work and things like that helped me to prepare for graduate school, get into graduate school, and then and then know kind of how the direction from there. So it seems to me that a lot of people, and I'm going to add myself to this, are not purposely dabbling, but you were intentional about this. Yeah, I was. I was intentional. You always do volunteer work and things, but I was intentional in the sense of trying to find things that were specific to the profession specific to that I could put on a, you know, on my Mm -hmm. application for school and to start building a resume. Um, I will say, you know, I think that there was a lot of church service at the time that I was able to also utilize and I didn't necessarily anticipate that, but it just, it worked out, you Mm -hmm. know, for example, you know, I actually had my, my Bishop at the time we were living in overseas, right. One of my recommendations for, for school, because I, I had a lot of leadership opportunity in a very unique place where there was a lot of unique 
circumstances. And that, that I wasn't planned on. So there was a little bit of both. There was some yeah. intent and then there was some that just kind of happened that I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize this because I'm, I've learned a ton from yeah. this experience and I've gained a lot of skills. And so I'm going to capitalize that on a little bit and, yeah. and use that to help me. Cause I know it, it, it all, it was applicable. So, yeah. So I mean, I love that, but when you did the application, then were you nervous? Did you feel like, Oh, they're not going to buy this? Or did you feel really confident that the volunteer work was going to fit the bill? No, I was not confident because <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I was going against people who had been working, you know, most yeah. people are, had been, had been working in the field, um, and were using it as a stepping stone to, to move up, you know, to do a higher level, you know, to be able to have more opportunities and, mm-hmm. and, um, to do other things. And I was using it more as a re-entry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I necessarily had a strong application. I mean, I think it, obviously, I, I think it did help me probably the, the international Mm-hmm. kind of um, perspective maybe that I brought and, and some uniqueness there. Um, but no, I didn't have a lot of confidence, but you know, even in my first job and my first internship, I didn't, I, a lot of it, I just felt super lucky. Like I, I really felt like that I, that I was blessed in a lot of ways, you mm-hmm. know, that there was a path that I was supposed to take and the Lord was opening doors for me. Um, yeah. I really feel that I, I don't, I don't, sometimes I look back and I don't know how I got into graduate right. school. I don't, know how I got that first land right. that first internship that kind of put me on a path. And so all of that was without, um, definitely without confidence, you know, looking back to, I, cause I know more now, I, I did have a lot of unique opportunities and experience that I was able to, to kind of put forward and to bring yeah. forward. And, yeah. and I'm sure that that helped. So you get your master's degree and then I know you take an internship. Tell me about that. And then what you're doing now using that degree. You know, the funny thing about that, that internship, I have to tell it in kind of a story. Okay. That, so for a master's degree in social work, you have to do two practicums, basically six months long part-time work of, of working in the, in the field. And, and because I actually did an online program, I, I was pretty much on my own to get those practicums and to mm-hmm. find opportunities in my community that would kind of fit the requirements okay. for that experience. And so, so it was halfway through my master's degree. And so I was two years into it and I had to find this practicum and I had the summer to do that. I had to start in the fall and it was just a really crazy summer for me. I mean, I just, I had two family reunions. I had been asked to go to young women's camp. I'd been asked to go on trek that summer to help with our youth programs. And so just really crazy busy. So I felt a little bit overwhelmed because really it was like trying to find a job. I mean, I had to yeah. contact organizations. I had to apply, I had to interview. So, and I also really, really wanted to find something meaningful because uh-huh. I was still trying to decide what direction I was still thinking maybe clinical, but I wanted to, I was kind of a little bit more drawn to community. Anyway, so I wanted something that I felt like would, you know, kind of help me make some important decisions right. about, you know, kind of the direction I wanted to go to. So I didn't want to just find anything, but anyway, I was, I was super stressed about it. And so um, I was trying in between everything to, to apply and, and to interview. And I had, had gotten an interview with a, a school um, and had an opportunity to maybe do some uh, school counseling, but I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled about it. Like it was okay. And it was something, but it yeah. just didn't feel right. It just, I wasn't thrilled about it. And so I saw a internship opportunity come up at Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. which is a large, very large healthcare organization that's big in California. And um, it just spoke to me, like when I read the job requirements were and what I'd be doing and the opportunities and it was an internship. And, and so I really just, wow, was like this, this, I'd really this like to it. do that. Yeah, and so, yeah. but I, again, I felt super inadequate. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know why they would take me, but I applied 
for it. They called, I, they wanted to interview me mm-hmm. and they were scheduling interviews during this one week and it was the week I was going on track. Oh and so I was like, of course. Oh gosh, how, you know, like, um, so it was a little stressful, but they were like, okay, well we can do it right when you get back. So mm-hmm. they were nice about that and, and scheduled it for right when I, right when I got back. But I do, I do remember kind of having this like bargaining moment with God, like saying like, okay, <laughs> if I go on track yeah. and I, I do this for yeah. you, kind of, yes. you know, like I need you to do something for me. Yes. I really, really need this internship or I really want this internship. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so that's kind of my story. And I, I, I did, I mean, I, I, I interviewed, I, yeah. I got a call back, I interviewed again and, and I was offered the internship and, and I was able to make it work. It was also just not quite in line with, with the practicum. There were some things that mm-hmm. um, didn't, didn't quite line up, but I worked with the school and was able to yeah. make it, make it work, that it would work for this practicum. And I'd also be able to have this experience. So anyway, so that was my start with Kaiser. Um, yeah. So, and now I've been with Kaiser for five years. So I did a, a internship with them for that practicum, which turned into a job. You know, there was a project that I was working on, um, writing a grant for suicide prevention. We got the grant and, and then I got the job to kind of help move that work forward as I had already kind of started it. And then I did both for a while. I finished, I was doing school because I I just didn't want to give up the opportunity. Um, it was just a great, I, I loved what I was doing. I loved the organization. And so I wasn't planning on actually going back to work at that time. I was planning on finishing my degree, um, part-time, you know, I was a, here I was part-time in school and then I was working, you know, about 32 hours a week doing this internship. And then all of a sudden I made a decision while well, I was going to continue to work 32 hours a week and finish my degree. I did that for two years, which was a little bit tough, but we got through it and right. had the opportunity to continue on. So I want to shift in a second to talk to you about how your family adjusted to it. But before we go there, I know that you're doing something pretty meaningful now at Kaiser, which anything you would have done would have been meaningful. And I know how great you are, but tell me, Specifically, what is that project you're working on? So I lead two um, national initiatives for Kaiser. So if you're familiar with Kaiser Permanente, they're a very large integrated healthcare organization. They're in nine states um, across the United States. I'm a senior consultant on a mental health and wellness team in, in the corporate offices in what's called the Care Management Institute. So essentially, we kind of look for best practices, research, what the research is telling us uh, works what other organizations that are similar are doing in relation to mental health and wellness that's working and how that might look in our organization. And then we, mm-hmm. and then I support the regions in, in implementation. So I do a lot of program implementation, program development, program evaluation, things like that. And mm-hmm. so I specifically work on two of the national initiatives for Kaiser. And one of those is suicide prevention. And then I also do measurement-based care or outcomes-based care. So, but suicide prevention has really been what I've been doing from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, so for the last five years. So, really trying to look at how Kaiser, as a large healthcare organization, what we can be doing better in relation to preventing suicide. Cami, here's the thing that comes to mind, though, for me. I know there's often so many emotions wrapped up in going back to work, especially if somebody doesn't have to financially. But when I hear about what you're doing, it feels significant to me. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, I mean, some sometimes, but I also just feel like I'm I'm so small compared to the magnitude of yeah. of the problem of the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's it is. Um, you know, people always ask me like, isn't it hard to work? Yeah. In, and and it's harder for those people who are who are therapists. You mm-hmm. know, who are who are having to work on on the front line. Mm-hmm. I you know I'm behind the scenes and trying to figure out how I can support them. You know, how can I best support them and give them the tools and the resources that they need 
to be able to be successful um, at what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and trying to you know help people um, in the day to day. So I feel like they're the like more the heroes. Like I'm yeah. you know in the background a little bit um, with that. So I mean it feels good to make a difference. And I guess yeah. like I went in social work because I was drawn to that. I think what you're doing is amazing, and I feel like of course you were blessed, and that path was created for you because of how effective you can be in that role. Well, that's sweet of you. You know, I, the interesting thing is, is so many people in the, in, that are working in suicide prevention specifically, you know, have some type of life experience or, mm-hmm. you know, something that's really drawn them specifically to that. For me, it was more happenstance. I happened to be, to, to help write a grant during this internship, you know, it just yeah. kind of being there a time and a place. And I didn't intend and, and go into it saying, mm-hmm. I, you know, I really want to go into suicide prevention. It kind of just happened, but I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing. The way that the doors all opened and, mm-hmm. and just the way the path went, it just felt right. And I don't, I can't say for sure I'll be doing that. That's my lifelong passionate sure. project that I'll be doing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's definitely, I've, I've learned a ton. I've had a lot of opportunities and it does feel good. It feels good knowing that, um, you know, I am doing something to have some impact on a a really serious public health crisis that we're having. I love that. Okay. Let's switch gears now. Tell me about the transition first, the five kids that are freaking out now because mom's going back to school or something. How did that go? Yeah, it was funny because it's hard to think. It's hard to think back that far. I'll get your kids on. (laughs) That that was a long time ago because my youngest isn't just finishing up seven, but I, you know, for me, I was lucky because it was a gradual transition mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I started out with going to school part-time and I was doing a line so I, I could do it while my kids were at school. Sometimes, you know, I had to spend time at the library writing papers or yeah. um, things like that, or, you know, and there's always that added stress. So I'm sure they felt a little bit of that, but it, there was kind of a gradual build up to it. Again, we had okay. just gone through a big transition in, in our life. We'd moved back from overseas. So there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, with that too. And so I think it was just, it kind of, I guess, built into that transition. There was just a lot yeah. of transition. Right. And so, but I think it was a really bonding time because we were transitioning as a family mm-hmm. and my husband was still working overseas and going back and forth. And so they all stepped up because mm-hmm. we were just, we were trying to do things a little different. And so my kids were super supportive. My husband was super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it worked. So, but I think again, having that, you know, it was pretty mild in the beginning because I was still around. I was still home. Um, I think probably the hardest was when I started my practicum and all of a sudden here I was going to work 32 hours a week away from the home. Right. And that's two years into it. So, you know, the kids just they really stepped up. I, I think that they knew that this was something that I really wanted to do and that was important to me. Mm-hmm. They respected that and they really stepped up to help me and to help each other out. And I think that that's been a really fun thing to see is them supporting each other and really helping each other, mm-hmm. being willing to drive kids places or babysit. And, and I'm not gonna lie, I mean there's times they're like, you know, mom, why do you work? Why yeah. do you work? <laughs> you know, especially when I I can't take Where them somewhere they, they want to go or yeah. they're yeah. Yeah, when it inconveniences them, you know, they're just like, why do you work? You know, there's this moment <laughs> of like lash out and, and that little bit of guilt inside of yes. me like, because I want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um so it's not, you know, it's not all mm. wonderful all the time. And my kids are pretty independent. Mm. I mean, you know, my kids, I think maybe that's just a, a little bit of my parenting style. I'm a little hands off, like mm. yeah. <laughs> figure it out yourself. Yeah. I think that's helped probably because they're pretty independent, especially my youngest, because he doesn't really, really remember life before me going right. to school or working. Right. He really only knows that. So he has a very different, you know, the, t- the two younger probably have a very different life than their older siblings, but I feel like they would have anyways, because yeah. when I had all my kids at home, we were doing kid stuff. Like 
the time and activities and, and things. And then as the older ones got older, you kind of stopped doing those. Right. I think that's an interesting thought. I've never really thought about that before, that it was going to be different for them anyway. You've got five kids, right? The top one gets a totally different experience than the bottom one. And it was going to be different anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I thought about that sometimes. It changes as your family evolves. I think it would have been different for, for him anyway. No matter so. what. Yeah. So I think you kind of answered this already, but you were pretty intentional and had some vision of where you were going, but what is something that you, a blessing that you couldn't see for yourself that now you looking back realize? For me, I don't think I realized how much self growth Mm. that would come from this experience. I originally intended, I think, to go into clinical practice and be a therapist and, but my path led a different way. And kind of along this journey that I have taken professionally, mm-hmm. I've discovered a lot about myself, about where my strengths lie, um, and recognizing that I don't think I'd be a good therapist for these mm. multiple reasons. And yeah. I'm better at this. I'm better at figuring out how to improve things and how to make things work better and, and mm-hmm. what kind of looking at big systems. I just learned yeah, a lot about my own strengths, where I find joy and fulfillment. I've gotten a lot more fulfillment out of this than I probably even expected that I would. Yeah. And then I've also been able to use some of that, the knowledge that I have gained to help my family, to help friends and community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you have a very busy church calling too, and it seems like you're able to bring what you've learned um, in your professional life into that environment as well. Yeah. And I've been surprised at sometimes like how I'm able to help in ways now that I wasn't before, maybe because I have some additional knowledge and um, experience. So what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about going back to school or going back to work after having been out of the workforce for a long time? I would say be intentional. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's particularly if you find yourself in a position where you need to go back to work, mm-hmm. you know, and you just like think I'm just going to take whatever I can find. Yeah. Um, maybe think about it, like think about what you enjoy, mm-hmm. where your interests lie, what you find fulfillment in and move towards that mm-hmm. and maybe to be a little more intentional. Sometimes you might not know what you want to do. And I think that's okay too. You got to explore, <laughs> you know, different areas and, but start out trying some things and, and venture out and you'll, and then you'll start to learn more about yourself and what mm-hmm. you enjoy. And then you can start kind of aligning with those things and, and seeing what, what's out there. I mean, I had, I really didn't even realize how many different opportunities of things to do that there is. And, yeah. um, you know, until I started to kind of get out there, but I just, I feel bad when people, I guess, settle for something that they're miserable in Mm -hmm. because they just needed a job or Mm -hmm. they just wanted to go back. And, and like I said, I, it's fine if you don't know, and you just need to explore, but I would say to, to try to be intentional as Mm -hmm. much as you can. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I also think that whether you're intentional or not, you can find a pattern that speaks to your passion if you are mindful, like you said, to think back on those things that you've done. Um, in the same way that you were intentional about a few things, but also you received some church callings that you didn't, you know, you don't apply for those, but they did help you at the moment when you were supposed to step up and do this other thing. Okay, so this is my last question for you. How have you seen the hand of God in your career? I love that question because I, I see it so much. I, I really seen God's hand in, in, in my journey. I talked about that you know, just in, in my journey in totality. And then also just, you know, in the day to day, my husband and I have always said that we feel like our life is a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. We're just on it for the ride. <laughs> so, and my, I mean, my favorite cliche scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into my own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And that, I really feel like that's what it's about. I don't, I didn't necessarily plan or expect to be doing what I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. kind of just been placing one foot in front of the other and, and heading in a direction and 
and then taking advantage of of opportunities as they came. And so because of that, I really feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, that I'm learning so many things and doors have been opened to prepare me for for other things that and then doors have opened. So I just I've really felt like I've kind of just been on this ride and, and I'm grateful for it. But I just I feel the Lord's hand in that. And then I think, as you know, I've spent years with the young women, um, you know, in the young women's. And, and yes. I think one of my biggest messages to the girls has always been that God has a unique plan for you, that mm-hmm. there's things that he needs just you to do. Um, and it's your job to figure out what that is. One of my favorite quotes is Mark Twain when he says, you know, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Mm. So for me, that's been just a huge, huge driver. And then in terms of the day to day, can't, I can't tell you how many times I get my kids off to school in the morning, those crazy, hectic mornings when you're trying to get everyone fed and make yeah. sure they have everything they need. And, you know, try, trying to like, I try to exercise in the morning and then it's just, you know, get them ready and me ready. And, mm-hmm. and we're all, you know, getting out the door and I sit in my car and before I back out of the driveway, mm-hmm. I usually, that's when I'm like, okay, I need to say my morning prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of just take that moment and take a deep breath and, mm-hmm. and say a quick prayer. And I, I ask the Lord to help me in my work. Mm-hmm. I, I do every day um, mm-hmm. to help me make good decisions, to help give me confidence. Because a lot of times it's like, I'm faking it. I feel like, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> I, need, I need confidence. Yeah. You have to find the right words to say, but I've always felt like he cares even about those things. He cares about helping me be successful mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. And, and I just, I feel like I need that. Like every morning, I mean, I just, yeah. I don't know what I do without that, asking him to be with me and just feeling that every day. I don't think I would have gotten where I am if I didn't have that. I love you already, but now I feel like I've gotten to know you even better. Cami, you're so amazing. <laughs> Well, you're, saying, you're, you're amazing, Shelly, at it. I know what I'm talking about. I, I always say if I'm going to be stranded anywhere or be anywhere in the, in the end, or, I just want to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be with Shelly. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I'm so you, can, you can do everything. So, yeah. <laughs> so not true, but thank you. That's very kind. Thank you for giving me this time. I know you're super busy. So thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. So a couple of takeaways for me. One If you do have plans to return to work or go back to school, I love Cammie's advice on being intentional. Volunteer and do things that can go on your application or resume. And I will add that if you pull back a little and see your life from a bigger picture, I believe you will see that you're already on a path, whether or not you know it. And secondly, I love how Cammie's family rallied around her. And the answer of why do you have to work, mom, when things are stressful is because I want to. I think sometimes we unfortunately judge moms who have career desires when they still have kids at home, and I hope you'll see as I do that there is no one way to raise a family. Some of my very best friends are stay-at-home moms, and some of the best moms I know also happen to work outside of the home. On this podcast and on this website, I'll share many stories from women who started businesses, started jobs, and more with kids underfoot. But please do not mistake my sharing these stories as me telling you that this is what is best for you and your family. I have no idea what path you should be on. That's between you and the Lord. But if you do feel compelled to go back to work, I would love to help you. You can find the course, Returning to the Workforce, a guide for stay-at-home moms on the faithfulcareermoves.com website. Look for a button that says, get the guide. 
All right, that's this first episode of Faithful Career Moves Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can hear more inspiring stories from other extraordinary people doing ordinary things to support their families.